12 to 1 with Adrian Abraham on Money FM 89.3. You're listening to Money FM 89.3, 12 to 1 with Adrian Abraham. Time for our Australia update to find out everything that's happening down under. Joining us on the line is ABC News journalist Jason Dacey, all the way from Brisbane. Jason, how are you? I'm doing well, Adrian. Happy lunchtime to you and all the listeners. Yeah, happy lunchtime to all the listeners. And we have so much to get through, Jason, and, and I think there's no better place to start than Singapore and Australia agreeing to this vaccination swap. Singapore will provide Australia 500,000 Pfizer vaccines, and that will be returned to Singapore later in the year. Prime Minister Scott Morrison announced that this week. First of all, what does it mean for Australia's vaccination drive? And secondly, talk me through this partnership. Well, it's a huge uh, development for Australia. And uh, once again, Singapore is very, very close relation of Australia. This uh, was wonderful to see my former home, Singapore, in the news, you know, when I was working with the ABC earlier this week. So it is a dose swap between the two countries. As you mentioned, 500,000 doses will arrive in Australia from Singapore in the next uh, couple of weeks. And then Australia will return the favour later in the year in December and the doses that Australia receives from Singapore, Pfizer doses will be expiring soon. So there's a great need now for Australia to have Pfizer because it's been opened up to younger Australians, you know, between 16 and 39 and also 12 to 15 soon will be able to get vaccines. So with those uh, different age groups opening up, there's a big need for Australians to get Pfizer. So Singapore's come to the party. And, you know, once again, Singapore and Australia working very, very close together. We know how well Scott Morrison, the Australian Prime Minister, and the Singapore Prime Minister, Lee Sien Lung, how well they get on. And Health Minister Greg Hunt said officials had spent hours negotiating the deal with uh, Singapore, but it's come through. And it's very, very big news right here in Australia. Yeah, it's certainly big news in Australia. Also here in Singapore, sticking with the vaccines, let's talk about Australia's coronavirus numbers and their pathway to normality. Jason, what's the latest surrounding this? Well, we still have a very tough situation in Sydney, Melbourne and Canberra. They're all locked down. Sydney is the worst where we're seeing over a thousand cases per day. And, you know, probably four or five deaths. Uh, you know, Australia's death toll is now past the thousand mark. Sydney in lockdown. Melbourne's getting over 100 cases per day, which is very, very bad news. But they've kind of changed the the, the strategy now. You know, they're, they're saying now that they are going to live with the Delta strain. And the big push now is to get 70% of Australians vaccinated by the end of this month, September and maybe getting around 80% vaccinated uh, by the end of October. So that means that once we get to that 70% target, Australia can start to slowly open the state borders and get back to normality away from these uh, very annoying and costly lockdowns. And once we get to 80% vaccinated, then there is the potential to open international borders to selected countries and Singapore could be one of them. Yeah, it certainly could be one of them. Looking forward to some sort of travel bubble between Singapore and Australia. And yeah, that also means that you can come back to Singapore. Oh, I would love to go back. It's been such a a long time since I've got back to Singapore and I'm still a Singapore permanent resident. Yeah, and we would welcome you back with open arms. Jason, elsewhere in the news, more anti-lockdown protests. Now, we talked about this on the show last week and you had some very interesting stories. How has that story developed since? 
Oh, yeah, we're still getting these protests and we're getting them during the week now instead of the weekend, you know, and people are very upset in, you know, Sydney, in Melbourne and also here in Queensland uh, because of the inconvenience of these lockdowns. So many more fines have been issued and we've spoken before about the situation here in Queensland and those uh, parts of the state which uh, rely on business across the border into New South Wales. So we are seeing these uh, kind of protests uh, going on. More than 150 were arrested and almost 600 COVID-19 fines were issued after these latest protests. We've got them in New South Wales and Victoria and Queensland, and not just in the cities. We're also seeing them in regional areas because, uh, you know, there is a statewide lockdown, I should say, in New South Wales and also in Victoria. And that means that life for these rural communities is uh, very, very difficult. You know, police responding to 79 unauthorised protests across New South Wales and some of the towns that were affected. Lismore, which is uh, just south of the border, Mwilambar, also in that border area near Queensland, and Raymond Terrace in uh, the Newcastle area of New South Wales. So it's, uh, you know, becoming something very, very regular. People are upset. They don't think that lockdowns are very useful. You know, Melbourne, we saw protesters gathering there at the uh, Royal Botanic Gardens uh, with around 200 people arrested there in Melbourne and numerous police officers hurt. So this is uh, going on and on. And uh, until we get on top of this uh, virus with at least 70% of people vaccinated, preferably 80% vaccinated, you know, we're going to have these uh, kind of protests going on because some people believe that coronavirus is all made up, not something that's not real. Yeah, these definitely sound like the anti-vaxxers. Queensland has also been in the news. They'll begin allowing residents back into the state from Saturday. You know, 50 families will be offered places initially with more available as hotel rooms open up. Now, there are these double standards of sports teams coming to Queensland, but Queenslanders have been locked out. Now, how has the government dealt with the situation? Well, it is a very tricky situation, as you mentioned, and the border has been shut for the last couple of weeks. Uh, People trying to get back to Queensland, they just couldn't come back. Even if they were residents here, they had to stay in the States. You know, if they're in New South Wales, Victoria or South Australia, couldn't actually physically come. But as you mentioned, that will be lifted in the next few days. But in the meantime, we've seen sports teams arriving, you know, for matches in Queensland because of uh, low coronavirus community transmission here. And not just the sports teams, Adrian's, but also the the wild and families of these sports teams are also allowed in. So we've got that happening, and yet we might have a family member of someone dying in Queensland who can't come back to be with their dying mother or father. Um, And I can understand why people are upset. It's a double standard, and it's affecting people who are trying to get back here. But thankfully, we are starting to see things change in the next few days. But, you know, when we talk about some of the situations that uh, we've seen, you know, there was a, a woman trying to get back to see her dying father but couldn't get there because uh, of the border being shut. We've also seen people trying to move and, you know, they'd set up their move a few months earlier and they've shipped their furniture, but they can't go up to move houses, you know, into into Queensland. Uh, It's very costly. What do you do? But, you know, there's been no space in hotel quarantine uh, and that was the reason they did it. But even the Indian women's cricket team arrived uh, in Queensland and was able to go to their hotel rooms. Uh, So the Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk 
Palaszczuk has become under increasing pressure to change things. And we are seeing that finally lifted. But this is something that's causing a lot of angst, a lot of controversy right across the country. And it's a similar situation in Western Australia as well, where, you know, they also have uh, zero community transmission and they are locking people out there too. But it does seem that people are just dying to get to the sunshine state of Queensland where I am because of... Uh, the good weather, it's more affordable, and also there's virtually no coronavirus. Yeah, it's just not fair, the whole situation. But as you mentioned, hopefully that situation will improve soon. We're in conversation with Jason Dacey, ABC News journalist, all the way from Brisbane. Jason, also Harvey Norman in the headlines. Uh, they're going to pay back some of its coronavirus subsidy to the Australian government. How's this going to work? Yeah, you know, uh, Harvey Norman is uh, a company that's well known in Singapore. And this is a company that has done very, very well, both in Australia and in Southeast Asia. But during the coronavirus pandemic, the retailer you know, got more than $20 million in the JobKeeper wage subsidy, which meant, you know, even though the business wasn't barely functioning because of the, the, the coronavirus restrictions and lockdowns, they were still able to pay their staff members. So their staff members were still connected to uh, the company. And then after that happened, we saw Harvey Norman post huge profits. You know, it's a very, very successful company. And people are saying, hang on, they've got $20 million plus dollars of uh, JobKeeper wage subsidies from the federal government, and yet they're posting these record profits for the 2021 financial year. So uh, Harvey Norman has repaid $6 million of the money they've received, which is, I think, around, you know, a third or a quarter. Not all of it, but, um, you know, people should say they should be paying more of it back. And Harvey Norman is actually a guy, you know, he's a, he's a person that actually exists. He's been coming, going on the radio uh, talking about, um, you know, why he's done it. And he's a bit evasive about why he's done it because, you know, it, it's something that um, is really upsetting people. You know, Jerry Harvey is the founder and Ian Norman, the other founder, and Jerry Harvey is the one that's been speaking about this. So what do you do? You know, if, if you've done well from a government subsidy and you make record, record profits, which is a lot more than the subsidy, surely you need to pay the whole thing back, you know, because you've uh, made many times more than that, that gift from the government. So this is an area that's got people hot under the collar right across Australia. Yeah, it certainly has. And also, uh, you know, it's good that it can pay back some of its coronavirus subsidy back to the government. Uh, a little bit of sports now, Jason. The Australian Football League, better known as the AFL, the grand final, is going to be played in Perth. It usually happens in Melbourne. Well, last year it was moved to the Gabba in Brisbane. Why has it moved to Perth, first up? And secondly, what does this mean for the sport? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because the Melbourne Cricket Ground, it's an iconic uh, sporting venue. Many of your listeners will know it. It's hosted uh, AFL Grand Finals. It's hosted, you know, the 1956 Olympic Games. It's hosted test cricket matches, you know, many other sporting events. But it can't host a capacity crowd this year because of what Melbourne has gone through. It's the worst affected city when it comes to coronavirus over the past 18 months or so. So they can't pack people in to watch this uh, showcase grand final match from the AFL. So it's heading west to Western Australia, which is uh, uh, Perth, of course, and the Optus Stadium. So it's going to be played there, uh, you know, in, a, in a, it's just a few weeks' time. But the irony of that, Adrian, is that there aren't any Western Australian teams playing in the final. They, they, they won't be there. They've already been eliminated. It's the first time the grand final has ever been played in Western Australia. And just the third time the MCG 
hasn't hosted the landmark occasion. As you mentioned, it was the Gabba in Brisbane that hosted it last year. So if you're in Queensland or you're in Western Australia, you tend to be seeing a lot of elite sport at the moment because a lot of the other states are being affected by coronavirus. Uh, even the rugby internationals are coming to Queensland, you know, the rugby union internationals with the All Blacks and the Springboks. So it's a feast of sports for people like me who like sports. Uh, it's a good place to be here in Queensland. But congratulations to Western Australia and Perth for hosting the AFL grand final it's it's a really a great occasion it's uh, you know usually it's over 100,000 people watching at the MCG but they should get a crowd i think of around 50,000 in perth to see this showcase yeah and if coronavirus didn't happen maybe it would have never happened is that right jason i think you're right yeah yeah definitely it would definitely not move from uh, melbourne to perth if it wasn't for coronavirus it's a bit like i guess having the singapore National Day Parade, you know, somewhere else. You know, I'm not going to say Malaysia, but, you know, outside Singapore, it'd be quite weird, wouldn't it? Yeah, it'd be crazy to say the least. Yeah, Jason, just before I let you go, something about your daughter, she's going to the Great Barrier Reef and you won't be going with her, but what is she most excited about? Well, you know, this is a, a school trip. She's in uh, year six at her primary school here in Queensland. She used to go to Tanjong Katong Primary School when we lived in Singapore. She loved that, but the last uh, couple of years we've been here in Australia. So with uh, Morningside State School, they were supposed to go to Canberra for a trip there to look at you know the parliament house and all the the seat of government uh, in canberra but because of the difficulties of interstate travel she has to travel somewhere within queensland and in a way that's a blessing in disguise because she's flying with her class mates to cairns to go to that part of queensland and see the great barrier reef it's costing me a quite a bit more though adrian it's it's a a, a longer flight and uh, it's an expensive trip but she's so excited about it because she can see the coral and, you know, she's going to go on boats and see rainforest. I mean, Cairns is a place that is just a special part of the world. I haven't been there for a long time, but I love far north Queensland. It's unique. I know a lot of the Singapore listeners know it as well. So, yeah, she's uh, very excited. She's going to be away for a few nights and uh, it's going to be a flight. You know, we've rarely taken flights over the last couple of years. So she's going to get on a plane with her friends and then, you know, fly up to the Great Barrier Reef via Cairns and, and just have a, a ball of a time. And it's all because of coronavirus that she's going there instead of Canberra. Yeah, I actually don't uh, remember the feeling of being on a plane. I feel like it's been so long, but I'm sure your daughter is so excited for this trip and so are you. And I'm sure we'll hear more about it on the show in a few weeks' time. We've been in conversation with Jason Dacey, ABC News journalist, all the way from Brisbane. Jason, always a pleasure speaking to you and look forward to catching up with you soon. Thank you very much, Adrian. And I know I always tell you about my cooking. I'm just about to heat up some parata on my frying pan so I can have that maybe with a bit of uh, butter and uh, uh, maybe some veggies for lunch. Oh, lovely. What about your tealia? Uh, yeah, I'm going to make that as well. But uh, I've got the frozen tealia now, the frozen ginger, which is uh, I feel a bit uh, a bit lazy you know, putting <laughs> the frozen cubes in instead of cutting up the ginger by hand. But it's uh, quicker and it's a lot more concentrated. So, yep, I'm creating my Singapore meal right as we speak now. Once I say goodbye to you, it's lunchtime. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.